Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria back with you and the episodes are coming thick and strong right now. We're storming through the preseason coaches series. Um, before today's ep, quick shout out to wherever all the places that you can get the show, um, including where you're consuming it right now, your favorite podcast app, uh, the MBL website, and of course, the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, click subscribe right underneath. And if you haven't subscribed to the MBL YouTube channel, go there, get that done. Dropping some video essays right now and a whole bunch of good stuff. So um, get into that. Today, the champ is here. Sydney Kings head coach, Chase Buford. They're going for back-to-back in the Harbour City and we're going to talk all about it. So sit back, relax. Up next, Chase Buford. Chase, what's happening, mate? Good to see you. Liam, how's it going, mate? Thanks for having me on. I am. I am good. How's um, how's married life? Yeah, it's good. Um, been a whirlwind of a few months for sure, but um, good to be back in Australia. Honeymoon. I don't think she ever wanted to leave, uh, but I was. I was got my cup filled up and ready to get back and get in the gym with these guys. Nice. Where, where are you? You in the salon? Where, where, where are we right no, now? I'm, uh, I'm at the office here. This is our, our facilities are, are a little old and outdated. We are in this old, uh, you know, local council building that we share with a bunch of other people at gyms, but we make it work. High tech seats. Like they're, they're like kind of gaming oh, we, we, seats. We do have the, the racer. They're the gaming chairs, I guess, for the coaches. <laughs> right? it's nice. nice. Mate, what, um, what is this life that you're leading? Like you win, you come over here, you win the championship all too easy. You go get married to Cali in Mexico. Then you go to Fiji for the honeymoon. I called your media man, Julian O'Brien, the other day. He said, I think, I think Chase and Kelly are golfing right now. What is this life you're leading and how can I live it? Yeah, no, man, uh, not a lot of complaints. It's been a, a fun couple of years, really going back to Milwaukee and even before that. But um, yeah really blessed to have a lot of great people in my life that I get to share with Kelly being first and foremost and um, blessed with a great group here uh, that we got to win a championship with and now a lot of guys back to try to run it back. And do you uh, do you guys feel like Sydney side is now? A little bit uh, still a lot more to explore I think you know we got here and for so long everything was shut down and really dug into the season for most of last year so definitely keen to get out and explore the city a bit more. What what is your favorite thing about? I mean, the the probably the least favorite is the traffic. I'm sure. What's your favorite thing about living in Sydney? What do you like doing? Uh, you know, we have both Bondi Beach and a couple of nice dog parks right on the the water and the, the cliffs, about a five minute walk from the house. And uh, we take the dog for a walk or two every day. And I think just getting the chance to to be outside and admire the the awesome views here, it's pretty nice. Nice um how's how's have you got many guys on the floor you've got guys everywhere right now yeah we're we're a little short on bodies um obviously jackson today had a great game for south sudan i think they clinched uh their group in world cup qualifying and dj tore it up the other night i texted him after the game i was like mate you gotta will you shoot some of those threes with us you know that you've been shooting with (laughs) Simon valley and phoenix summer league you have this quick trigger and sometimes i feel like i gotta beg him to shoot with us but no uh yeah, we were, we're, we're missing a few guys looking forward to get them in later in the week, but we've uh, started last week with the group we have, you know, in the gym and had a good first week and looking forward to putting in more and more as we get a fuller gym. First coach 
Dejan Vasiljevic's ever had that says, sometimes I feel like I have to beg you to shoot that thing? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, he, he, and he to, to his credit, he did a great job of it. But I think he, he really wanted to show that he could drive and play the way that everybody else on our team played last year and get in the gaps and those type of things. And um, sometimes I think he passed up looks where you see it now, but, you know, he's just firing, firing from half court in NBA one. I'm like, you got it. Like, go ahead. Uh, wow. So hopefully we'll, we'll see that translate a little bit. And, you know, I, we talked a little bit before, I think DJ's in for a big year um, and I'm really excited to, to see what he has in store. Is it, is it fluorescent green that light for him this year? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's probably always been that for DJ a little bit, but uh you're not going to find better shooters in this league than DJ. So why would we, we get in his way of getting the ball in the hoop? Another guy that you haven't had um, every single day in Sydney at the moment is Kuat Noy um, doing great things in the NBA one North MVP is shed a whole bunch of weight. He's looking very good. And he's, he's looking to kind of bounce back this year with you guys. He's also, the thing I love about Kuat Noy is he loves to talk the talk. He talks the talk. He usually then walks the walk. What, what, what do you think when you see him saying the types of things he's saying ahead of big grand final games and the like? Yeah, no, I, I feel bad. We absolutely cooked him last week and then mm-hmm. set him up there, you know, half-baked to go try to play a game after, you know, talking what he did. But I think it was interesting because he seems such a quiet, unassuming guy. And in practice, mm. you know, he's, he's been killing it, but he's been – you know, not the loudest, you know, in a group, we got Sean Bruce and Zave and some of these guys who maybe are a little chirpy. He hasn't been, uh, you know, vocally like that, at least yet. Maybe he's still finding his way amongst our group, but uh, no, he, he's really enjoyable to be around. He's, he's been impressive. Uh, he's someone we're really excited to, to add into our group and maybe something different than we've had in the past in some ways. So who, uh, who has impressed you thus far reporting into, into the start of preseason and, um, and doing good things? Yeah, Quats, you know, one that definitely comes to the front of your mind. I think, um, gosh, it's nice to have Xavier Cooks back in the gym. <laughs> He's a heck of a player, as he always is. But, um, you know, Bawali's been terrific. Really excited about what he's going to bring this year. I think Jordy getting him is almost like a new signing for me. Hmm. Uh, and seeing what he can do for us. Obviously, didn't get a chance to really play him at all last year. But um, one probably under the radar one, I think will turn some heads this year is Jalen Galloway. You know, really solid Europe and NBA one North. And, um, he's just, he's got a great frame, boatloads of talent. I think he's starting to get a little bit of a drive or competitiveness now to him. That's going to help take him where he needs to go. Mm. Um, you mentioned his name before as well. Jackson McCoy. So cool. What the South Sudanese national team are doing right now. How cool is it to see him and what he's doing and that group? It's great. And then to Jackson's credit, I think that's probably what initially inspired me or made me fall in love with him as a player is watching him play with that national team and seeing what he can do. And they're a super talented group. You know, we were just looking at the, the boss score and you look at the names on, on that team and you know, JLA had like three points and they still blow somebody out. It's like, man, they got a heck of a squad over there. So mm. um, for him to get in there and fit in and play well, I think he was player of the game for them today. It's, it's really impressive. And he's one that we're really excited to get our hands on a little more and see what we got there. For sure. Big shout out, Lowell Deng, for what he's done over the journey with that, with, with South Sudanese basketball. Hey, speaking of guys that have been on the practice court in preseason, let's talk through your new imports. And let's start with <laughs> Derek Walton Jr. because he's going to be the head of the snake for you guys this season. Led the G League in assists last year, almost 10 a game. 
for those who haven't seen a lot of him and are thinking, man, we were fun to watch with Jalen Adams running the show last season. What do you have in Derek Walton Jr.? Yeah, an elite, elite playmaker. I think you'll see somebody who our coaches are already, I mean, like, did you see that pass? I mean, he puts it on the money for guys every time. Um, so I think Derek is someone who will um, get everybody else really involved and going while at the same time be able to make plays for himself in the mold that you saw Jalen do. And um, we're really, I think guys will love playing with him because he'll get them the ball in the spots that they need to score. So I think bringing in someone like that who's going to make everybody else better was huge for us. And we're really excited about him. And defensively, he's a competitor. You know, he's been there, done it in Michigan, NBA, G League. He's just, that's been his MO um, in terms of making it. So we're really fired up about him. And obviously everybody knows Justin very well in this league. And Tim's probably a bit of a new face for, or a name for a lot of people, but um, I think he's really going to turn some heads. He's got a great size, great frame, can really shoot it. Um, and a very high IQ player, just a smart all around basketball player. You mentioned uh, his name, Suarez. I, I think it's yes, Suarez is, is how I've been told. Oh, he, yeah, you know, I, uh, that's Kevin Lish. That was how he's been dishing me. That's <laughs> okay. what can you give Kevin? Can you give Kev my number? Yeah, I'll, I'll have Kev call you and explain how, how you he, he's pretty you, confident in his his production. Right if you wouldn't mind, I would appreciate it. Um, all right, so three new imports, all big minute guys. Um, does the style change for you guys this season? You know, I, I think that was kind of the beauty of our style last year is it didn't matter too much who was on the court one way or another. We were going to try to come out and play the same style. And obviously, when you got a guy like X or Jalen, you're going to get them the ball in, in places that suit them well. But um, no, to answer your question, we're going to come out and, and play a very similar style to we, the way we did a year ago. And hopefully maybe be even even quicker, even better in some things and see see how it takes us. Okay. All right. Two guys that excelled in that style were Jalen Adams and Jarrell Martin in particular. Um, certainly in Clark as well, but you know, knowing his pedigree, that wasn't that wasn't a surprise. And and it wasn't a surprise with either of those two guys either, especially once we saw Jarrell Martin in the in the preseason and the condition he was in and how well that was that style was going to suit him. On to great things, going to earn a bunch of money playing in the Euro League. You must be really proud of, of that. J Jalen in particular, though, just, just killed it here. And he killed it in the G League with you with Wisconsin. Well, why do you think he's not playing in the NBA? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I think there's a lot of talented players in the world and there's, you know, probably 50 to 70 point guard positions available in the NBA and um, it's a really competitive game and league and um, to say that he's uh, personally I think he's in that top 50 to 70 no doubt but uh, obviously there's some other people he's got to prove he's had some you know road bumps along the way um, and, and life affects us all differently so I think if he goes over and has a good year in your league to, you know hopefully it'll, people will continue to see how good of a player he is but um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's a competitive competitive yeah. business. He's a perfect example of, you know, time and situation, you know, and how all that comes into play for sure. Um, hey, you talked about guys looking to take a, a leap this year. You talked about Deion Vesiva, how good it is to have X in the gym. X, we had some way too early preseason predictions from me and some others recently, and me and five others of the 10 picked X as the league MVP. What? Well, 
what do you think a, a, a leap from him this year looks like? Yeah, it was funny. We had uh, we do player development meetings with all our guys and try to highlight some areas we want to see them grow, listen to them where where they want to get better, and kind of form a plan where we're going to take the season and have some goals, statistical goals along with it. And I, I put some in front of X, like average and a double double and some assist numbers and things like that. And, you know, in a vacuum, we're like, dang, that seems really hard to attain or get. And then you look at the numbers and he pretty much did it all last right. year. <laughs> and so I, I think for him, you know, staying healthy and, and just kind of solidifying what he did a year ago will be MVP caliber numbers in and of yeah. itself. So um, I think for him, he's going to keep growing as a player and there's gaps in his game, which he wants to get better at. We want him to get better at all those things. But um, if he comes out and has a year close to what he had last year, I think Sydney Kings are going to be in pretty good shape. Exactly. Like the back, if he does the back half of last, last season, 10 straight double doubles, clear grand final MVP does that all year. He's well and truly in that conversation. Yeah. And you know, to be fair to X, he carried us early in the year too. We just probably weren't as good around him to, inflate his numbers to make him uh, look as good and Jalen obviously played great Jarrell you know talked about X being a clear finals MVP and he was but boy Jarrell Martin was pretty good those last couple of games too yeah so. um but it's uh yeah it's X is it's just staying on the floor doing what he can do he's he's different player in this league than a lot of players and um we're really fortunate to have him for sure all right well so the DJ X talking about guys maybe trying to make a leap in their careers what about you how do you go to the next level as a coach this season? Um, you know, I've obviously got some growing to do in a lot of areas, and I think working on that will be a big part of it. But you asked me, you know, a similar question last year, and I just I think being a head coach is so fun because you get to learn all the time and um, you feel all the emotions of every game and every practice and every scrimmage and every player. So, um, yeah, that's my goal is to maybe – just keep getting better at all the little things and managing myself better, but um, just enjoying the heck out of where I'm at right now. Just, we, we did talk last time about like the emotional side of, of coaching and keeping that in check and striking the perfect balance for you moving forward in terms of the competitiveness and when it tips over, but parking that for a second, the more technical side of coaching, the, the X's and the O's and the things along that, type of nature where do you think you are at in your journey in that side of the game yeah I don't know I mean you're always evolving whether you're young or old and you're learning and finding things you like and you don't like and I think you kind of just are where you are on that bell curve at, at any point in life I, I came in after the season kind of fired up to change a lot and, and maybe hack at the offense and things like that and my coach has talked me off the ledge a little bit and said, no, no, we were, do, do you not watch the finals and things like that? We were pretty good um, towards the end of the year on offense. So maybe we just need to get better and, and not think so much about the dark days of the early seasons. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I feel like maybe there's a guy within your organization that has those types of conversations on the regular in Big Luke. Who yeah. is, is he, he's like the player whisperer. Is that a good, good description? He's the people whisperer. I mean, he and I just went to lunch an hour ago before we got on the phone and, uh, you know, talked about a variety of different things, but he's just a great person to ask questions to make you think and to be a sounding board for questions that you have. And um, we'll always 
come at it and make you feel like he's coming at it from no other angle than just to help you. And I think that's the way he comes at it for, for every guy. And um, people like MK last year, he was hugely important. I think in getting him in the right frame of mind to go help himself and help our team play and win. Um, and MK, you know, in conversation we have postseason, you know, back that up a ton. He, he, he reiterated what an important piece Luke was to him and what, what Bruce was in and different guys. But Luke is the ultimate, you know, he just has a calmness and a understanding about the world or a unique vision of the world and viewpoint that I think guys really resonate with. Before he was with the Sydney Kings, Luke, um, Andre Lamanis brought him in as an assistant coach with the, with the Boomers program. And he played an important role in that regard with the green and gold. And his MO at, at that point was backgammon. He would, when, they, when they'd be on the road and they'd be playing warm-up games in Lithuania and so on and so forth, he would invite a guy up to his room. They'd be, bring out the backgammon, they'd play, and eventually they'd just get to talking. How, how does he go about it with you guys? No, I think the backgammon is still something that's very close to Luke. He must not like me enough because I've never gotten the invite to, to go play, but I know he's played with many of the guys. He was telling me that night about games he used to have with Gorge and I think Gorge got him a few times, but then Luke figured out the strategy. I don't even know that there is strategy in backgammon, but Luke's convinced that there's a whole way to play and everything like that. Come on, don't be a backgammon hater. I, I, you know, I don't know the game well enough to know. So, Man, you play backgammon against people in certain European countries, and it's like a, it's like a work of art the way they go about it. It's like they're like, they're like and one mixtape ballers of backgammon. In that they, the right way they roll, the way they move them, and Luke would know exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. So okay, so he on the road and the like. He, I mean, he's not bringing the backgammon set out on the sidelines of the practice court, right? I haven't seen him bring the set out, but I know he's played with Jarrell and a few other guys, and it, it, you know, he definitely talks about his backgammon a lot. Like he's one of the best players in the world. Nice. One of the things Luke does, and he's going to help big time with you guys this year. Not not does, sorry, did. Um, he was a part of a team in the Bulls that were able to repeat as champions. It's a very difficult thing to do at elite levels. Behind me here, I got Phil Jackson, three three peeps, and a back to back. I got Black Caviar. Have you ever heard of Black Caviar? Oh, the horse. Yeah, of course. Twenty five and zip is his record. I got MJ here, of course. Two three peeps. John Wooden. More championships than you can poke a stick at what what do you think are the unique challenges of trying to repeat as champions yeah it's funny name you didn't mention there was greg popovich and i was having dinner with pop after the wedding and i said i go i can understand you know some of the hurdles between going back to back everyone sits there and tells you how great you are all season and you know you want to drink and enjoy and celebrate and, and all that stuff and well everybody else has probably got their nose to the ground you know working and Obviously, I got married and a lot of the things, but I, I'm fighting my own insecurities right now. Of would I have had the summer I did if we didn't win? You know, right. more motivated or differently motivated or whatever it is. And um, I think, yeah, there's definitely some of that complacency or whatever that sets in. And um, we'll just have to work that much harder throughout the season to, to overcome it. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was talking about some advice they got from a... Um from an you know an experienced nfl coach of some sort and 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 he said um there's no such thing as defending a championship he said you won last year you, this year you're not defending the title 
you won that title. No one ever takes that title away. You don't need to do any defending of that title whatsoever. It's a new game. It's a new goal. You're just trying to go after the same thing everyone else is going after. Yeah, that was that was the message that we tried to kind of impart on day one is that, you know, we don't have any secret formula or secret sauce that any other team doesn't have. Um, we're not, it's not going to be any easier for us because we've been there. We don't experience doesn't mean nothing as we saw last year. Two teams that had very little, you know, got all the way. So um, at the end of the day, everybody's at the, but at the same time, we're going to have a target on our back. Uh, every game we play so it's going to be harder than it was a year ago it's not going to be as hard or new it's going to be harder um and so we're going to have to climb that mountain a little higher and all those things and just embrace that and have fun with it and enjoy being the team that everyone wants to knock down but that again anything we've done before means nothing towards this season and going forward what what advice um did pop give you when you brought that up no i mean we had a laugh because i think we we then got to talk and it's like some of the you talk about 04 and in the, in the midst of their three every other five years was Derek Fisher's shot with 0.04 on the clock, which technically if you timed it, it was like 0.57. So it shouldn't have counted, but I'm um, obviously good. Uh, and then you go two years later and game seven, you're up three with 10 seconds to go. And Manu fouls Dirk on an and one drive and the maps go on um, to the finals, put a heat. And it's like you're two plays away from maybe a five peak, <laughs> you know, right. obviously, Right. Who knows what happens in those in-betweens and things like that. But basketball is, is, is a fine game. You're fortunate to, to come away. You know, we were fortunate to win some of the games we did when we did last year. And we recognize that now. I think we did a great job executing and doing things we needed to do when we did. And our players stepped up and made great plays. But um, at the end of the day, it's hard. It's hard to win. And it takes good breaks along the way. And um, you're going to need to work just as hard and hope for some good ones along the way the next one. Mm. It does take good breaks, like broken LED screens and those types of things <laughs> along the way. Hey, um, speaking of lights, Christmas Day this year. It's going to be fun at Kudos Bank Arena. Th thoughts on playing a Christmas Day game? Yeah, I'm probably a little more numb to it than the average Australian uh, sporting fan because I've played and coached in Christmas Day games already in my life. So um it'll be fun though I, I think there's a, a fun vibe around the Christmas Day game that's kind of unique and everybody gets to come after their beach or you know their lunches or whatever and come enjoy some nightcap hoops and if you're at home I mean whether you hate it or love it I, most of the people probably talking trash will be at home tuned in watching and, and seeing what happens so uh one more thing to do on Christmas never a bad thing so from your experience in the States and we know how much of a staple it is in that NBA environment to you, it's a no brainer to you to be playing on Christmas day. I mean, for me, Christmas day starts at 1130 with the, with, I guess, 1130 central with the early showing game in 1230 Eastern. Uh, that was kind of when we sit down and start opening presents as a family and hang out and watch the game. So uh, yeah, no Christmas and basketball makes sense to me. And I know it's new for a lot of people, <clears throat> but I think they're going to like it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You didn't, I mean, you, you would have had dad like heading off, right? Jeez, you're right. <laughs> oh, goodness. a little cough attack. Hopefully it's not. <laughs> you're okay. It's not a COVID. <laughs> you, you would have had the old man leaving um, the house to head to Christmas day games at, at times, right? I mean, did that, it, you didn't feel like that disrupted your family Christmas situation um no not really i mean again we probably would have gone to the games if they were there or 
Um, my first few league, uh, years in the league, one year we were fortunate enough to where I was working with the Bulls and we played in San Antonio on Christmas Day. I was like, thank you, Adam Silver. You are my guy. <laughs> uh, a couple birds, one stone there. So that was really cool. And so, again, I, I think basketball brings people together. It's a fun game and more memories shared together with new pair, people or old friends and family, all the better. Love it. And well, I mean, this is one of the things I love about the league right now is uh, like we break down barriers. We do new things. We we play NBA teams in, in preseason. Um, we we get to Tasmania before footy does and we just dive in and we do it. And that's what's happening here with Christmas Day. Hey, we talked about this a little bit before, but just to finish off, and I'm asking all these all the coaches pretty much this same question to polish it off. What I mean, winning the championship is the ultimate goal every single year. That's the thing that sits at the top of the mountaintop. But but apart from that, and, and as part of that, what does success look like for the Sydney Kings in your eyes this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I'm stretching here. I think you asked me something similar last year, and it was along the lines of growing basketball in Sydney was a, was a huge part of our goal. And hmm. um, to back that up, you know, we had 16,000, for game three, the largest grand final crowd in NBL history. And I think that was pretty cool. And, and something I think what I gather, a lot of people maybe didn't expect out of the Sydney fan base. Um, and to, to see it grow is cool. And hopefully we can back that up and, and continue to grow it this year. But, you know, back to your question about what success looks like. I think there's a lot of disappointed people in our locker room if there's not another trophy sitting next to the one from last year on the plinth come this time next year. Love it. Love it. Right, man. Well, I don't want to keep you off the golf course any any longer. I know. Is Kelly waiting for you? What's happening? No, she's she's not invited to today's round. Probably just a little rain session. So, okay, all right, very good. But thanks, thanks, Eves, for the chat, man. Good luck. I'm loving to watching what you guys did last season and your efforts again this year and the the fun style that you play. Love having you in the league and always love chopping it up. Well, keep up all the good work, mate. The the content you put out is keeps us junkies going. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thanks, Mike.